Welcome to Built to Scale e-commerce show with Darius and Justin. We are the founders of Ad Kings Agency, an industry-leading boutique e-commerce, Facebook ads, and omni-channel funnels growth agency. Our insights and expertise have helped to generate over $45 million in revenue and spent over $18 million on paid acquisition for our clients in the last year alone. In this podcast, we open up about the marketing and business development strategies and tactics we use to get these results. All right, so welcome to the Build to Scale e-commerce show with me, Justin. And today we have a great guest, one of our team members, Sanmeet. And today we'll be interviewing him. He's a master of conversion rate optimization. He's been helping our team for quite a while, and we've been working together uh, already almost two years. So we have seen a lot of um, activities in conversion rate optimization, uh, running different type of tests to uh, seven to eight figure e-commerce brands. And I bet we have done hundreds or maybe even closer to thousands of, of tests on multiple e-commerce sites worldwide, Europe, North America, Australia, even Asia as well. So, um, and then seeing the differences across the world, across different type of spheres and the markets is very, very interesting and seeing some similarities and differences is very fascinating. So definitely you will find uh, a lot of value and we'll be covering some learning, some differences, some some commonalities that that we see while working with e-commerce businesses. So uh, definitely stay tuned. And Sanmi has actually been in this field, I believe, for like seven or eight years already. In the last two years, more just um, involved in the direct-to-consumer businesses. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll ask Sanmi more to introduce himself, and actually we'll know about more of his previous experiences and what he's doing now and what are been the differences. But today, during this episode, we'll be diving mainly on talking about conversion rate optimization for e-commerce brands. And we'll be discussing the biggest challenges and wins that you can make in conversion rate optimization. And we'll talk about specific examples, give some specific recommendations and the uh, this main straightaway uh, takeaways that you can implement those even today. So uh, welcome, Sanmeet, to the show. Um, Thanks, uh, Justin, for the very kind and uh, amazing introduction. So yeah, uh, glad to be over here. All right. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. From You've been in this area for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, what you've been doing before, you've been doing with us together, and how you end up in the conversion rate optimization itself. Sure. So, if I talk about my education background, so I am um, an MBA from one of uh, premier B schools in India. And I've always had interest in uh, marketing and consumer behavior and branding and other things. So, uh, this is way back in 2013. And uh, just by luck or providence, I got uh, recruited in uh, a company called Eclux, where uh, uh, I got an opportunity to do digital analytics. And digital analytics at that time was very 
hot and upcoming and uh, I got my hands dirty with tools like Google Analytics and uh, Adobe Analytics and other things. So there my stint with the digital domain started and gradually I started learning about uh, uh, other areas that are related to data. So things like conversion rate optimization and how you can extract the insights and utilize them to optimize your marketing as well as UX efforts. So uh, I was with Eclex for close to 1.5 years and then I joined Make My Trip, which is India's largest online travel agency. And at that time when I joined, it was uh, India's largest e-commerce company as well. So uh, there I got to work directly on the e-commerce world and uh, it, it was a bigger company as compared to Eclux in terms of the scope of work that I could uh, do. Because uh, in case of Eclux, I was uh, part of a big project, but my role was very limited. But in case of uh, Make My Trip, the exposure was more. So I uh, spent some good uh, one to one year around uh, in uh, Make My Trip and learned about more things around data and analytics. And then um, I switched to Vodafone where I was uh, again doing digital analytics, but working more around uh, consumer journeys and analyzing the data and understanding how certain things can um, impact the conversion rates and impact the business. And over there uh, was the time that I first started doing one of the first few tests that resulted in a positive impact for for the business but all this while uh, i was contemplating on uh, doing freelance or uh, other things as well so started doing freelancing work and uh, slowly steadily started getting, getting more freelance work than my regular job so i quit my full-time job and doing uh, started doing freelancing uh, uh, got plenty of good opportunities with that worked with stocker which happens to be one of the iconic brands in germany and uh, then uh, came across a very good company in the name of uh, Atkins and uh, been working with them for the last two years, been working with them on uh, plenty of conversion rate optimization projects. And uh, since the freedom and flexibility uh, that I have got in this uh, agency has been the most, so I've got plenty of scope to expand my skills, learn more about the various areas of uh, conversion rate optimization and think from the holistic point of view, not just uh, from the point of view of uh, running experiments or uh, A-B testing or things like that, but in general providing uh, recommendations for improving the UX and the uh, user flow on on the digital assets yeah i remember when we were looking for a conversion rate optimization person to be honest there's like very limited amount of people who are in this field and uh, yes handmade really really stood out with with this experience and an approach and uh, communication it was like really easy to talk with and um yeah, it's 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 been a pleasure as well uh, working together. But what's uh, if if we would move on with with some of the mm-hmm. uh, other questions? I've been talking, you know, with uh, with e-commerce uh, owners when they come in and they want to work with us, and we talk about conversion rate optimization and so on. I remember when we just started started offering conversion rate optimization, there weren't a lot of people that were interested in that, and I've I've seen this changed over. Mm-hmm almost over three years that now it's becoming like a common thing for everyone to do the conversion rate optimization. But what I see that um, not everyone understands still what is a conversion rate optimization. They just hear this nice word, nice expression that people are doing that. They kind of know it, but um, 
From your perspective, what is a converged rate optimization and how you would describe it from, you know, from your personal experience and your like even like technical perspective? So we would be on the same page and everything what we'll talk onwards would, would make sense. So essentially, conversion rate optimization, uh, the simplest definition that I can provide is getting more conversions for the same traffic that you are getting on your website. So that is one thing. The other thing is that if your site is not good and uh, you are having plans on uh, spending money on uh, marketing, so uh, you would end up wasting money because uh, you have not thought through properly that how a good digital asset should be. Right. And then uh, you might end up uh, changing from one consultant to another consultant in, when it comes to marketing, but actually no amount of uh, marketing can uh, compensate for a bad user experience. So conversion rate optimization, optimizes what, what first, what is our definition of optimum? Optimum is the best possible. Okay. So it is not best, but it is best possible. So whatever resources that you have and whatever is your potential, how can we reach the optimum potential that is there for your digital asset? That is how we do it with uh, conversion rate optimization. So if you have decent traffic, then uh, the best way to do conversion rate optimization is to do it uh, with a combination of heuristics plus uh, experiments, right? So you will uh, use your experience, you will do some com competitive analysis and uh, you will use your uh, heuristics and uh, sometimes people are blessed with good sense of esthete, IQ and uh, uh, just understanding of the consumer behavior. Maybe you have spoken to certain people who are your consumers and based on that, that you will come up with certain uh, hypothesis for certain changes that if you bring on your digital asset can lift the conversion rates. But uh, you can never be sure that whether you are doing something can be negative as well because it's only your opinion. So to test that, you will uh, run some experiments. Okay? And there are various tools like Google Optimize, VWO, AB Testy, and uh, uh, plenty of others. And then the data would be the source of truth for you that you made certain changes on the website and uh, whether it worked or it did not work. And based on that, if something works, then uh, you will make it as a default on the website and move to the next experience. So essentially, it's, it's uh, preferable that you have a culture of uh, conversion rate optimization, a culture of uh, testing and uh, experimenting to keep on uh, discovering new things, keep on adding new digital components, new digital elements, and then testing the impact of those things on your uh, uh, conversion rates. And it also helps you to stay updated. I would say it's just, um, I guess people were just used to just uh, using Google Analytics and just uh, tracking of what Google Analytics is showing. I don't know, demographics, um, how people interact with the website, how they go through like different pages or so, how they interact with the content on different pages. But uh, step by step, they started looking into more sophisticated things like heat maps as well, more and more data. And then they start like, I guess it's just a natural evolution that you will start thinking, okay, what I can do with that data and what I can test in order to just to make it better with each person who's uh, coming to the yeah. website they will just convert better and they will be, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's increasing the customer satisfaction because yeah. uh, the, the whole journey starts, you know, these, they see an ad, for example, if they see an ad, they come to the website, they, they still are looking for a similar good experience. And the mm -hmm. only way of doing it, either it is like, you have a really, really, you know, great designer or whatever, maybe it looks nice, but uh, for each business, it, it, you know, it needs to bring mon the money. So uh, that 
conversion rate optimization is, as you said, mostly it needs to bring the value. So by each test, you want to increase it and, and get the, the best optimal you know, test the best option. Yeah, the version, website. the version of your website. Yeah, yeah, and essentially Google Analytics. Uh, so, what I feel is that if someone starts a company, someone starts a business, then uh, the core job of uh, the founder, the entrepreneurs, uh, the leadership team should be working on the business, not working in the business. You can have certain skills, which is good. But uh, once you start a business, there are plenty of new things that you also need to take care of. And data analytics is something which is very vast. It's not that uh, easy to do. And that's why uh, when it com- comes to hiring good analysts who can interpret the data and provide business insights, there are very less people in the market who can do that because anybody can report the data. Anybody can uh, use Google Analytics and check out the reports. But what that data is actually telling you and what that data is suggesting you to do as the next step is where the actual you know, value that lies over there. So if we, if we just talk about the process and how to start something that is related to conversion rate optimization, then I said this earlier as well, that uh, a good marketing cannot compensate for uh, bad user experience. So the first thing, if we discuss about like low hanging fruit is that you need to ensure that your technology stack is uh, good. Okay. Because if you are going to run uh, marketing, then uh, you are going to expect good amount, good volumes of traffic. And if your stack is not good, and then people will not get good experience and you will get plenty of bounce rates, uh, bounce, it bounces and uh, the conversions will drop. So the first thing that you need to ensure that your tech stack is good. And that also comes from experience because if you are just focused on looking at the data, the data will tell you that uh, the bounce rate is high. The data rate will tell you that the page load time is high, but you would never know why right so you need to think think about various things that you might not have the expertise in like hostings and cdns and uh, lazy loadings and uh, optimizing the images and whatnot so yeah it's the entire process and uh, someone who is good in conversion rate optimization would know and would be able to guide you through right from the uh, scratch from uh, right from your technical uh, stack to copywriting aesthetics creating conversion it's also guiding you to establish and inculcate a culture of uh, testing in your organization which can actually be extended to all the verticals not just to your ux yeah exactly i would say it's just it's like mostly about just um soft things is just um having this need and uh, just um, your mindset is like always testing, always testing is not, it's like on multiple verticals. It is like mm. with ads, with the creatives, with the website, mm. with the offer, with the, with the pricing, maybe with the fulfillment in some cases, with the packaging or whatever. It's just like always trying to, you know, be in, in the best possible shape that, that you can be listening to others and, 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 and so on is just um, yeah. with that is just providing a better experience with that better experience is good both yeah. for your customer, both good for you because you're like more happy, you're spending more money buying more products and so on. It's just like just increasing the satisfaction and, and experience. Mm. So I think it's just, uh, you know, um, you know, just why it is it importance, you know, conversion rate optimization is just the, uh, you'll be, I guess you, you can add up, but you know, all, as we were discussing some time ago, conversion rate optimization most likely will never 
will disappear because you always will be getting the traffic. Maybe, you know, some channels will maybe change, let's say mm. ads mm. or whatever, but the traffic will become organic, paid traffic or, yeah. or whatsoever. It will be always coming. So it is just essential. It's just a part of the game. And since uh, sophistication of the market, the, the direct-to-consumer is increasing, I guess for those who are just not doing it, they are just losing every day because their competition is increasing. And not necessarily that others are doing, just customers are expecting that. So yeah. it's just, uh, it's a must for you to always improve because uh, if you won't know what the customers need, you'll just yeah. start losing. So what is your take on why it's important to do the conversion rate optimization? Definitely. The first thing is that uh, once you start a company, so I'm talking from the point of view of uh, e-commerce owners, then there are so many things. Getting the website ready in the first place, launching your digital asset itself is a huge effort. It's a huge project. Now, ensuring that once you have invested so much time, effort and energy and resources in creating this digital asset, ensuring that it stays updated is something else, right? Once you start a business, then you get stretched if you do not have proper processes. And also, it's natural if it's your first business or uh, even if it's a second or third business, if it's a challenging. So by the time you develop the processes, UX is not going to be your top priority, right? But the features and other things might keep on coming. So often we hear that if we suggest something for conversion rate optimization, it's, it's a, a funny, it sometimes it sounds very funny that when we suggest certain features, then uh, the response that we get is that, uh, okay, this is uh, obvious. This is common, nothing un- unusual. But if it's common and it's nothing unusual, then why it's absent on your digital asset? The reason is that because you have already now uh, invested in the digital asset. Now you are stretched into different processes. You are do not get the time to implement these, thing, these things. So once you dedicatedly focus on inculcating a practice of conversion rate optimization, when you get a team, someone who is responsible for conversion rate optimization, so they will ensure that at least these basic things, which you are also accepting that these are common things, would be present on your digital asset. And you need to think from your consumer that your consumer is not going to just visit your website. Your consumer is going to visit plenty of other websites. And that does not mean that they are, these websites are only going to be of your uh, competition. The consumer has set certain benchmarks in their uh, psyche and they expect certain things. And if you do not focus on these things, then uh, you are not just going to get beaten down by your competition, but you are going to get beaten down by the industry in general. So conversion rate optimization simply, as I said, is getting more conversions for the same traffic. It lets you discover the best version of your website and also lets you to ensure that your website stays updated. Because as I said, after you have launched your company and now you are invest in, uh, involved in so many different things, UX can take a, a backseat, right? So having a good conversion rate optimization practice, which is data-driven, it ensures that you are on top of your game. Yeah, totally. Totally agree. But, uh, you know, that uh, mis- misunderstanding, I would say as well, that I see a very, very, is a very common thing across the market or while talking with the people. Usually uh, when we work with clients or what are the people usually see, it's just like a, you know, a test that we are doing. But there is a lot of thing uh, before the test, you just launch it and you kind of uh, start gathering the data and then, then you see what are reach statistical significance, whether it was like a new variant was better compared mm-hmm. to the original one or not. But, um, you know, walk us through a little bit more about 
what do you do or like how to find what to test and how to find the right tests and how to prioritize because it's just uh, where to start, you know, it's like how to get to that yeah. actual test. Yeah. Here now, my assumption is that you already have a good technical stack. Your page loads fast, uh, you have a good hosting plan and everything else uh, when it comes to technology is already intact. If that is not there, then the first step is to uh, sort that. Okay. The second step is ensuring that you have uh, a good, uh, reliable analytics uh, implemented on your website. And uh, from that, we will analyze the data of the traffic behavior. We will look at the pages where there is the highest friction compared to the traffic that those pages are getting. And uh, we will try to find out uh, uh, reasons for why those uh, friction points uh, can be. So uh, that is just like a funnel a funnel analysis. So if you are an e-com and you have a dedicated landing page and from that, that landing page can be an advertorial or a or a product landing page, and then there's the flow to the checkout. So what is this percentage uh, drop-off from product page to the checkout page? And if there are multiple steps involved in the checkout, then what is the drop-off at each step? And uh, then based on that, we will pinpoint that, okay, at this uh, page, at this uh, juncture in the user journey, the optimization is required, right? And there we will have uh, so since now we have been doing this for uh, like I personally have been doing this for four or five years and in the company in AdKings we have been doing this for two years we already obviously have a good repository of processes and checklists and various items that we know as best practices as heuristics that these uh, items are required on the page or on that particular point that should be there and they are missing okay so we will first do an audit for the, this uh, heuristic list that we have uh, built around 65 points. And based on that, uh, we will score that uh, what are the things that are absent, what are the things that are present. And then we can have a discussion with the client that these are the things that we found are uh, missing on your website and uh, provide some examples to them that this is how it should be. If you look at uh, the best websites in the industry, in the digital world, or even if you look at it, your own uh, competition, and if we present, uh, we will also present some case studies that previously this thing we tested and the results were like this and everything, if everything works out, if there are no concerns in moving forward with uh, the test, then we will start creating a variant. So uh, uh, once the variant is created, then there is another set of quality audits. The framework or the mock-up of the variant is shared with the clients, the, the branding team, everything needs to be sure. Uh, we need to be sure that there are no conflicts with the existing branding. There are certain things that uh, the client like in a certain way. So we just need to ensure that it is not breached. And if everything goes well, then we'll just uh, start the experiment. General advice is that uh, if you are not working on the weekends, do not start the experiments on Friday because you never know shit happens. And if something cracks up, then uh, if there is dependency on some other people and they are not there, then you would not be able to fix it. So Monday to Thursday is a good time to start an experiment. But the very next day, please ensure that you validate the numbers. Everything looks fine and there are no errors, anything like that. And uh, then you can uh, just let it be, keep patience and uh, just keep on looking the uh, results on a daily basis. It is uh, also strongly recommended that you have some kind of session recording tools so that you can see if there is nothing uh, cracking up for, uh, for your variance as well as sometimes you can get very good insights when you look at the, the defaults as well. So yeah, this is how you'll do it. And uh, once the test concludes, then uh, you will present the data to the clients and have a discussion around it. And if everything goes well, 
then uh, you can make this as a default feature on the website and move to the next test. Yeah, so mainly there's like a few parts as I understand is like you can gather the data from what you have, like the website, you can gather mm-hmm. some. Mainly it is, I guess, the, the website, you can just analyze different steps in the, in the funnel and so on. So yeah. the actual technical data that you can analyze and, and see where are the pitfalls or so. Then yeah. another one is like more psycho demographics uh, and, and, and some other things as well that uh, could be relevant. So maybe what customers are saying, mm. uh, maybe if you want to test and understand uh, psychological aspects mm. or so, like uh, as, as well, maybe something could be coming. If you have a good customer support, maybe something else that they would be requesting, maybe other competitors are doing. Yeah. So something is internal, something is kind of external yeah, yeah, where yeah. we could be looking for. Yeah, these these can be like the various categories of tests. So tests, uh, as I said, that we have uh, around uh, 50, 60 points of uh, lists that we check for. And uh, those things include these uh, things as well, like uh, the FAQ is properly present or not. If uh, the client already has uh, some kind of survey tool installed, then what are the common concerns that people are having? And then uh, getting a good copy to address those concerns, right? So essentially, uh, let's just take an example of the product page. So the essentially what's a product page? The product page needs to charm the customer and address all the concerns such that there is a proper uh, trust and also of desire that is inculcated in the psyche of the customer that I want this product and I can safely transact on this website and this product will solve a need which uh, I have just realized uh, that maybe this product made me realize that I had that need but uh, I was not conscious of it or maybe I was conscious of this need and this product can satisfy the, that in the best way possible. So uh, yeah, so it involves uh, those things as well. And uh, uh, initially, when we are uh, starting the project, we have certain frameworks where we'll try to see that what is the persona of the ideal customer. And since AdKings also is a marketing company, so we know from the marketing efforts as well that what are the uh, psychographics and demographics uh, of the customer. And uh, based on that, essentially, there is there should be good uh, sync and harmony between uh, the uh, communication that we are having to uh, get the customer land on the website. And once the customers land on the website, then their, uh, the communication should, should have harmony. So that's why it's essential that we do the psychographic and uh, demographics uh, as well. And... Uh, just ensuring that, let's say, the color themes that we are using in the creatives, the kind of language that we are using in the ad copy and creatives are consistent with the color themes and the creatives and uh, the, the language on the landing pages as well. Do you have uh, any specific place that you like to go or actually check it? No, not like internally from the data that you have, but somewhere externally that you always go into and maybe some of the things that usually you discover I don't know if if that's like a a common one, like a competitors, but maybe you have something that uh, you you find it for yourself. It always kind of works for you, where you can find a very good test yeah. or ideas from to test uh, for uh, clients. Uh, so. Uh, these websites where there are a lot of uh, crowdsourcing campaigns like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, right? Here you get a very good variety. And since these uh, websites also bring up with the latest uh, and products that are unique and innovative. So the team behind it and uh, the entire, and it, it, it launching a project on uh, Kickstarter or Indiegogo or any of these crowd, crowdfunding platforms is a project in itself. You can get some very amazing ideas when it comes to UX or copy and uh, you can get very surprised over there that, okay, this is a way to put it. 
like I got the idea of uh, using GIFs a lot on the pages uh, from these websites only. There are certain ways in which you can put uh, the reviews, putting the story behind the brand, uh, the story of the owners. So yeah, these are the websites that you can uh, mm-hmm. check out and get some good inspiration. Other than that, uh, there is like Train Hunter, right? And uh, Answer the People. Right. So uh, these are some other websites where uh, you can go and uh, find out. I would also suggest not just looking for your uh, immediate competition, but uh, looking at uh, cross geography, the how, how people are doing this. So if you are a company which is based on Australia, but if you only look at Australian sites, then that is fine. But if you also look at what the websites say. Finland is doing or in UK is doing you can get some more inspiration and more ideas and that also might that also might give you a competitive edge yeah yeah definitely I, I guess it just comes in when you're a little bit more sophisticated than Swan and you're looking for some kind of new out of the box ideas and, and so on but definitely pretty amazing places where if just uh, yeah, just to find out something that is new in the market and so on. Mm. What would be of, of if you could remember like uh, some kind of a conversion rate optimization test that you know brought the biggest value, or actually you know you you did it and now it's like each time it brings as big of a value to each new client that you would uh, test. I don't know, like one of the biggest one or something that you it's like it always replicates uh, the results for everyone. A low-hanging fruit would be floating uh, CTAs. I uh, still see that uh, a lot of companies, when they're getting their websites designed, they are focusing on desktop experience. While if they look at their Google Analytics, they will be surprised that uh, a huge chunk of their traffic actually comes on mobile. And particularly when people market on social media, a lot of traffic comes on uh, on the mobile experience. Floating CTA is something that I have uh, tested time and again, and I always see very good results with that. And to jazz it up, uh, these days we are trying to add animations to that, like uh, some kind of gradients and all that. The more attractive you can make the CTA, the better it is. And floating CTA on the mobile experience uh, works uh, in most most of the cases. That's my as far as my experience goes. Secondly, is uh, keeping detailed copy uh, of your pages and trying to address uh, as many concerns as possible so you should not just tell about the good points about the product but also you should try to address the concerns that people might have about the product so if you are a beauty brand so you should have a dedicated section for uh, allergies and uh, something like uh, that guides people on the application how to use the product and uh, uh, things like shelf life and uh, the ingredients and all that so uh, these things uh, are important Security assurance that if someone uh, transacts on this particular website, then uh, it's secure, it's safe. Adding the trust badges, those things are also very important. Then if you can add the total number of customers that you have uh, served so far, having reviews from a genuine source like uh, Judge Me or Yotpo or Trustpilot is always uh, welcome. But uh, let's say you're just starting out, but at least you have so sold some some things uh, offline 
right? And so the total number of customers that you have, which is the genuine figure, those things, adding testimonials from the people, user-generated content. These are the things that uh, work out more often than not because uh, uh, social validation when people get from user-generated content, which is which is different from the content that you can get done from in a professional setting. But actual genuine content, which looks like a regular person would have provided this content works more. So yeah, these are the things that uh, uh, usually, so there are plenty of things that we usually try, but these things I usually see work a lot. Okay. And something that, let's say, if, if there's a bigger business that already has a pretty decent product page, they have all the all the things that you have mentioned, they have like a sticky out the card, uh, they're addressing, you know, concerns mm-hmm. and, and some other things. Maybe what, you know, for, for bigger businesses, uh, maybe some of the tests that you have ran and, um, mm-hmm. and it was successful or something that was like out of the box and some of the bigger yeah. clients of ours maybe yeah. valued a lot as well, something that could be. Yeah, then, then uh, uh, for these, for b- bigger businesses, then uh, we have to take inspiration from the bigger businesses. So just an example that when you make a payment on Google Pay, you will see that uh, there's a confetti blast right? So uh, that's a kind of animation and that seems uh, very interesting. So these are the things that can be tried. We tried it one with one of our uh, clients when whenever the user would add the product to the uh, cart, a confetti blast would come and that was very successful and uh, the people liked it and it, it you know, it gave uh, the users or the customers a sense of uh, achievement that uh, they clicked something and something positive happened. So that prompts them to take the next action towards uh, completing what they are doing. So that is one thing. The uh, the other thing that uh, bigger companies can play with is uh, testing their copy a lot, right? Because uh, you have all the uh, skeleton of the page is fine, but copy is something that can uh, do wonders. So you can test your uh, copy a lot. You can test slightly because bigger companies are very strict with their branding. They will not. They are not very flexible for for obvious reasons. They have to be like that with with their branding and color combination, etc. But if you can do slight changes like for example adding if you're you have a cta but you do not have any kind of visual cue like adding uh, some kind of arrow at the end or animating that arrow or uh, uh, things like that other than that uh, you can test various kinds of offers because uh, companies of all sizes would have uh, offers so you can uh, do price testing so if you let's say that you are selling your product at uh, 9.99 but uh, maybe you could have charged 10% more and uh, you could have made it at uh, 10.99 or 11.99 but you never know that is this price where the saturation is there or i can i could have charged more so you can also de- do these things as well through through testing and keep on increasing your price till you reach a point where you feel that going beyond this will bring down my conversion rates so that is also the big companies can do. You can also test uh, advertorial pages. So if you have some kind of uh, conversion funnel, right, where uh, you are running for firstly the campaigns to make the customers aware about your product, if you're giving certain freebies and you're connect, uh, generating the leads through that, and then you some run some kind of remarketing campaign and get the users back to the main product page. So you can test the uh, versions of the advertorial pages and other things. You can also test the journeys in case of bigger brands because bigger brands mostly have the control over the entire stack and uh, right from uh, product pages to checkout to either order confirmation. Everything is in their control. So you can just test uh, various uh, variants of uh, 
the journey? Can certain steps be skipped? Can certain steps be combined into a single page where uh, the user can fill everything on uh, one go? You can A-B test uh, other things like uh, maybe, let's say if you're a telecom company, so you can uh, test if I deliver the SIM for free and then people have to come back once they get the physical copy of the SIM, they have to come back to the site and recharge versus the people who pay upfront and then they get the SIM which is already filled with the plan. So you can always keep on strategizing and you can always keep on testing. There's uh, no, the potential is limitless. Yeah, I remember just uh, one more example that I liked and it's related with the increasing the average order value of a, of a, of a client like for a customer. And I think a lot of direct, like e-commerce brands, which are selling like physical products, don't really think about this. One of the clients of ours, they were selling a physical product, mm. and then they were upselling the digital version the digital copy. of, yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like uh, I think it was like thirty percent or even more of yeah. people were just buying, and it was like just a uh, like ten or fifteen dollars extra, but. Pretty much, you will still have to create a digital product. Uh, they were like printing yeah. uh, some 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 things, but it's just like you know a digital product which is like evergreen and so on. It could be you know not not a physical one that you upsell, and a lot of people could could take it. Something that you know really definitely can be tested, and definitely like different type of upsells uh, could be tested too. But it, it extremely can impact the yeah. value for each customer that has come in. To the yeah, 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 and there, there, there are different ways to do that. Uh, like post-click upsells, uh, one-click upsell. Uh, sorry, post-purchase upsell, pre-purchase upsell, one-click upsell. You can do upsells on the product pages itself. Yeah, so upsell is also a good way to increase your uh, uh, revenue that you are getting per session. Yeah, it's a very good example. What would you say are the biggest mistakes that people do around the conversion optimization that they don't think? I don't know, like. Technically, they don't understand, or like some some things that maybe you did at the in you know at the very beginning and you started or so. Like, what's what are the common mistakes that usually people don't understand in the conversion rate optimization field? One thing is uh, I, this I discussed earlier as well that uh, you need to have a good tech stack. You start investing in uh, conversion rate optimization efforts, but your tech stack is bad, then uh, it will not work out. So that is one thing that uh, don't make a mistake over there. Secondly, it can be a cliched or uh, a very vague or high level answer, but uh, have faith in uh, the data and don't micromanage things a lot, right? Because if you are going for conversion rate optimization, essentially you have decided that uh, let data data be be the uh, the concept that will speak the truth. But if you still want to go with your gut, right, and uh, you want to keep on intervening that test only this thing or uh, change the test and in mid-test you want to the updates and you get very impatient, then uh, that also affects a lot of things. Thirdly, uh, once uh, uh, conversion rate optimization starts, some people get very excited and they want to test multiple things at the same time. Right, and uh, uh, it's difficult to explain that uh, one test can conflict with the other test, especially considering if you do not have a decent volume of traffic. So that also impacts uh, the performance of uh, uh, the conversion rate. Fourthly, 
people expect that the moment they start paying for conversion rate optimization service, the moment they will start getting some amazing uh, tests and uh, immediately their conversion rates uh, would spike up. It's not going to be like that. You have to stay realistic. So there would be multiple experiments and uh, the chances when, when someone like an expert is doing that, then obviously the chances of success improve. Uh, as someone who is uh, just has interest in that and doing it for like hobby. But uh, don't expect that the very first experiment is going to be successful or the second experiment can uh, would be successful. It can also happen that the fourth experiment is successful and the first three were bad. But you have to realize that, that to reach the fourth hypothesis, the team had to test the first three hypotheses and to discover that, okay, these things would not work. And this thing, the next thing that we are going to uh, test actually worked. And this is the theme that for this particular website, for the kind of customers that come on this website works. So let's now pick this theme and branch out more convers- um, experiments uh, around this area only. So you need to keep uh, patience as well around that. And uh, lastly, I would say that uh, unlike uh, marketing, where you can see the data and how everything is going on a day-to-day basis, that, okay, yesterday, what was the CPM? What was the cost of conversion? What is the ROAS uh, till date? Conversion rate optimization is not like that. You cannot expect updates on a day-to-day basis. The data, the once the hypothesis has been created, the variant has been created and the test is live, it, you have to wait till the test gets concluded and then only you can um, expect uh, uh, the results and the uh, uh, recommendations on the next step. So yeah, so these are the things uh, that I feel people usually make mistakes with. Just a, a funny note that I remember when we were doing on, uh, you know, on Mondays, the, the reports and so on. Uh, it's funny that mo- most of the time uh, your experiments that we do always uh, are more successful <laughs> each time is just than the original one. So maybe you cannot expect with other ones, but somehow, you know, we usually, <laughs> somehow you usually sadly actually uh, get a better uh, results, uh, you know, with each variant that, that we test. But I guess it comes, you know, with the, with the experience and so on. Yeah, so. yeah. It, it, it comes with the experience. And by now I have developed a thought process in psychological triggers. And I can uh, say, initially itself like within the four or five days itself that whether this thing would work out or it will not work out because that I have so much experience it's not like I was always like that but after investing so much time I am at a stage now that I can do that so then I rapidly make changes I keep on making changes behind the scenes it's not like I will communicate each and everything okay I found this this is not working then I'm going to make changes because it then becomes a noise instead of information there there are so many things that are happening behind the scenes that's why when the end results come then uh, and since we're working on so many projects at the same time more experiments would work and uh, as I said based on experience and uh, less would not work and they have a checklist and a process which is very refined so that also supports yeah exactly and I would say a couple of things maybe from my side it is like a technical thing and what you were saying often but you know you need to reach a statistical significance or what what you have seen on what you have said or you know the you know the the variant that you're testing is just completely outperforms the original one and maybe you you just 
you know, every day it was like outperforming. There was like none of the days that I was like underperforming. So maybe sometimes you can, you know, end it faster and just implement it and it will yeah. have like straight away a positive impact on, on a business, but still statistical significance is really important. But, uh, you know, after some time doing uh, this uh, conversion rate optimization with e-commerce brands as well, as well, we, we started looking outside a little bit of just running tests, actually, and the type of a test that, that we are running as well, like a little bit, even experimenting, as you said, with, um, with the funnel itself, actually pushing some of the traffic to the product page and some of the traffic, let's say, to the advertorial or something else. It is like a little bit different type of a conversion rate than this just regular one, what you would do just an A-B test or sometimes mm-hmm. A-B testing like the landing pages itself. It's just um, as well, you know, we are experimenting. We're looking for new opportunities and so on just uh, for a faster, bigger impact uh, too. Mm-hmm. So just um, some of the things, you know, after some time, and running it, let's say if you've been running conversion rate optimization on your website for quite a while, I think it's 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 fair that uh, you can start adapting this actual activities to your own business. Because if you have ran already, I don't know, like 50 different tests on, on the product page, the website and so on, maybe you have reached a certain peak, but then you can start looking a little bit outside of the, the box with can continue to be tested and so on. So I think it's something that you don't need to be always limited. But mm. um, I think just after some time, just doing the basic things, yes, definitely, you know, A-B tests on the product page or so. But uh, later on, once you reach a certain milestone, I guess you can start, you know, a little bit playing around with it too. Yeah, yeah. So Sanmeet. Tell us, uh, I don't know if uh, I know that you're doing uh, sometimes some videos, putting a little bit of a, a content as well off of your role and just sharing your own experience and, and so on. Where people can find you or like maybe follow you if you have anything, they can know what's what's happening and what you're doing. Sure. So uh, I am very active on YouTube and uh, LinkedIn. So uh, you can just search for uh, me on LinkedIn and meet Singvalia and uh, we can connect over there. I share a lot of quotes around business, philosophy, whatever I am reading. So I'm an avid uh, reader like Justin. So uh, whenever I'm reading something and I like something that uh, can be shared and can be good for people. So I do that. But yeah, LinkedIn is uh, perhaps one of the best mediums to, to get in touch with me. So thank you, Samit, for having a call with, with me today. I think we have touched on a lot of interesting topics from, from the very beginning of what it is, conversion optimization, why it is important, how it's been evolving, some of the actual tactical things as well. Some of the other mistakes that we have seen throughout the, the, the years, really enjoyed. We talk quite a bit, so we know those things, but not everyone. So I think this is the yeah. medium where we can share those. So yeah, yeah. thank you for your time today. Thanks, uh, Justin. It was a nice session. Enjoying this podcast? Consider subscribing and sharing it with your friends. This helps us to grow and create more amazing content like this for you.